Hello and welcome to the Conscious Diva podcast. I'm Tatiana Wright. And with me today is Amy Noble. Amy is a best-selling author, an entrepreneur, and the founder of Love Amy, a dating concierge service that marries the technology of modern-day dating with a holistic view of human-to-human energy and connection. And connection and conscious dating is what we're going to talk about today. Welcome, Amy. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm very honored to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm going to just start straight off the bat, conscious dating. You know, when we had spoken a few weeks ago, you had told me a story of not taking everybody on as a client. And it really resonated with me. And I thought, wow, that's awesome, you know, because you're giving people space in a sense. You know, I'm not your traditional dating coach. Most dating coaches kind of help people find people um, in a very technical manner, whether it's using the apps or pairing them up. I take on a different approach. And and the first question I ask potential clients, because every week I do a a handful of sort of just potential client meetings. I'm happy to meet with anybody who's in the market for love. And the first question that I ask them is, you know, what, how is, where, what role does self-care play in your life? And what does that mean for you? And that's an overused word. But what I'm really trying to get at is how much in touch they are with their inner being. Because as I say a lot, you can only meet someone as deeply as you've met yourself. Mm. So if that question throws somebody off (laughs) and they say, which it often does, and they say, well, what do you mean? I'm here to meet somebody. I want to meet somebody. This is not about me. Well, it is all about you. Yeah. And so that becomes an interesting dialogue. And I end up saying no to quite a few of these people because I, and I give them the tools, you know, go see an energy healer, go see, you know, go do Reiki, go do, you know, shamanistic work or just therapy, whatever works for them so they can get in touch with who they are so that they can present the most authentic, beautiful, open version of themselves. Yeah, that's really great. And I think what you're doing is a service to them, whether they realize it in that moment or not. And you know, there's a, there was an author from the 90s called Shakti Gewan. I don't know if you remember her. She was sort of more of a, a new age author. And she, she had a book called Living in the Light. And there was a quote from that book that was really great. And it's, change happens not by trying to make yourself change, but by becoming conscious of what's not working. And mm. I wanted to read that because I felt like that's very much in alignment uh, with what your, or how your process works and how you're guiding people to find life partners. As you said, you're not a matchmaker. You're not a traditional matchmaker in the sense of, yeah. hey, great, like t- here, tick <laughs> these 10 boxes and great, that person ticks those 10 boxes too. It's so exactly. much deeper than that. So could you walk us through um, how this works. And maybe you want to start with your own process, your own story, because you had a, a, a 20-year marriage, you have ch- children, and for all intents and purposes on the outside, 20 years looks like a successful marriage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm an author as well. And, and in the course of writing uh, my latest book called Just When You're Comfortable in Your Own Skin, It Starts to Sag. And that book is about reinvention, reinventing yourself at 40, 50, 60 and beyond. And in the course of writing that book, which really encourages women to make conscious choices in their lives and question, you know, take a second look, third look at their relationships. I realized I had to leave my marriage of 20 years. I just had to do it. I couldn't in good faith write this book and not sort of, like you said, sort of live the facade. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing egregious. It just kind of grew apart. He's a lovely individual. And it would have been easy to, to skate. It would have been easy to let that, that slide. And so I did the hardest thing in my life at the time, which was, and the marriage. 
and until you've told your children that that you know the marriage is ending you don't know what kind of that kind of pain can be like and it was really excruciating it was also the bravest choice that i've ever made and being thrown into this dating world where all my single girlfriends said you know it's horrible you're going to hate it there's nobody good good luck um and i dove in head first like it was an adventure and signed up on the apps. I was just open, this open vessel, or so I thought. And I made every mistake someone can make. I was portraying myself the way I thought the opposite sex wanted to see me. I was not, in fact, portraying myself as exactly who I am. I was, I was sort of masking who I really was, sort of putting on like a show and like we often do. And I wasn't really finding a whole lot of success that way at the beginning. And then I am a really, really quick study and I'm a good student and I'm a student of the universe. And so I quickly course corrected and I started to unlock the, the magic. And the magic was actually taking off all of these masks and just being my goofy, nerdy, crazy self. And I started meeting incredible people. And I met the love of my life two years ago on Bumble and I was wearing a baseball hat and workout clothes and no makeup. And we had this sort of like funny little juice date. And after that happened and I realized, wow, there is, there's a different way to go about this. And it's all about energy and connection. And it's about human connection without expectation. Mm. And once I figured that magic, sort of that magical path um, out, I started to help friends because it just, I was, I was sort of like, it was like a magnet. I knew I had this calling and I started helping friends and friends of friends. And then I sat on Brett's couch one night and I said, I think this is a thing. And he said, it's brilliant. Do it. And love Amy was just organically born. And that's a, that's a mouthful, but, but that is sort of, that, that was my path. And that's sort of how I um, help people a discover their authentic selves and how to portray that which is tricky and b how to call in the people that are right for them mm. and and so how different was this did you going through this process with yourself which is amazing to to have these aha self-discovery moments these epiphanies but did you think back to 20 years earlier or 20 plus earlier when you were single before you, you married your husband? And what were the differences then? Obviously, except for technology, because we know that that apps for iPhones didn't exist. <laughs> Online dating wasn't yeah. really, you know. So how did you compare and go, wow, imagine if I had done this then? Did you ever have, yeah. did you think about that at all? It's a great question. I, I did think about that. It's interesting because we, wherever we are in our lives, you know, we still have so much growth to go. And when you're in your 20s, it's sort of, it's sort of baffling to think that we can choose life partners at that point when we're just infants, like learning about ourselves. And so that was the mind blowing part is that, wow, how could we possibly think we could make, you know, conscious choices at that, at, during that, those formative years. And then the other thing is we're still learning every day. I'm 51 and I, I literally learn something brand new about myself and others in the universe every single day. And so just knowing that that's part of the process mm. and being, being honest about that, yeah. we never, ever completely know each other, know 
ourselves or one another. It's just, but, but it's the process. It's, it's the openness to the process and, yeah. um, which is important. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and it's interesting because I'm sure there were some, obviously you have children together and you had a beautiful long relationship. So a lot of gifts came out of that. It, it was meant to be at that time, oh, yeah. you know? Oh yeah. And, and, and it's interesting when I look at your career, your, you've had a really successful career in, in different aspects. And I felt like you have always had this intuitive drive. Something's been steering you because the success of your four books in the book series, which you, you did a lot of research for each one, right? With the different people that are involved in the book together, the stories, you have to have a sense of, there's got to, there's an, an, uh, an empathy that you can you know, have this ability to listen and understand and also emphatically feel mm -hmm. and tune into that. So do you feel like all of these things kind of crossed over and, and now these were the building blocks, almost this path that sort of guided you towards what you're doing now. You're, you're still helping people. You're just doing it one-on-one -on -one as opposed to interviewing and putting it into a book that someone buys and, and reads and gets the information. Yeah. It's really interesting. I think that we all are, sort of misguided by expectations around us, whether it's mm -hmm. expectations of, from growing up, from our parents, from our friends, sisters, whoever. And once we kind of are, allow ourselves to sort of put those expectations on hold and really look inward, the answers are there. I mean, when I look back in my life, it's like, oh my gosh, like I was a healer when I was a little girl and I just didn't have a label for it. And, you know, it's really like to be, to be doing something that does not feel like work. It feels like a true gift to be waking up every day and helping people find love and helping them get more in touch with themselves. It's, um, it's, it's a true, it's a true gift. So yeah, I think, it, I think we're a lot of times misguided and we, I, I often say to friends or clients, it's like, we try to swim against the tide so much. And if we really let the tide take us and surrender, and it's very Buddhist, but you know, sort of surrender to what's in front of us or to surrender to what our, our gut instinct is, is telling us is right uh, or, or the direction we should go, you know, there's no wrong answer. And it's sort of like play. It's sort of like going back to when you were a little child mm -hmm. and, and allowing that energy to start to like flow and, and and I have these exercises I do with my clients. And one of them is really like, take yourself back to when, you know, what, what was your favorite thing to do when you're five and you're seven and you're nine. And, and it's really interesting. I'll, I'll be working with these CEOs, just incredible people, very, very well anointed. And it's like, oh, well, I like to like dig holes in the garden. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so fun. And I like, they, I take them right back to that. And then their voice changes, their mannerisms change, their energy shifts. That's what we're trying to tap into because oh, that's, I love the, that. Yeah. And that's the, that's, that's just endless possibilities, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really awesome. It's like, um, people don't realize that they need to reopen themselves, right? Reawaken themselves, um, so that they can move forward with intentionality. You know, when you were talking, what really came to me was the, everyone needs love. And not, not, not need, I don't want to emphasize need, but we all are so deserving of love in our lives and, you know, self-love and, and just being with somebody and, and sharing, you know, all the rest of your, the days of your life, you know, in a happy place. So how do you, I know that that's a beautiful example of, of, of guiding somebody back to their, their, um, their inner child, but what are some other things that you do once you get 
um, you know, once they open up and break free, how do they then attract the other person? Yeah, well, it's, it's a whole process. I have my clients fill out this 10 page intake form, which is full of like, not some, some deep questions, some really funny light questions. And it's all designed to sort of turn the light on from the inside out. And that's sort of the best way to describe it. And it's sort of like quasi therapy, quasi play, quasi intuitive work. And once we have that session, we have a few of those sessions, mm-hmm. I can start to tap into their true essence. And then we kind of like build the dating profiles around that so that, because you have four seconds and you're swiping, you have four seconds to feel someone's essence wow. and you can feel energy. You, we all know you can feel energy on text. You can feel energy technologically. And so turning that light bulb on for people, I think getting beyond the technical part and knowing that you can feel energy. Yeah, yeah. And when you, even when you're on the apps, it's like you start to be, you're drawn to people and you don't, ha- you have no idea yeah. why you're drawn to them and, yeah. and opening your mind. It's like, we're all very conditioned. Like, mm-hmm. this is my type. You know, like I have this exercise where I have my clients write down on a blank piece of paper, everything about their perfect person mm-hmm. inside, outside. And then I rip it up and I throw it out and they're very confused. And then I give them a new piece of paper and I say, think of someone who brings you total joy. What does that feel like? Mm. And then they write down what that feels like. And that's their person every time. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And tell me what, so I, I obviously don't have a profile with you on your app. <laughs> and so no, I have, you know. I've, I've been married for 23 years and, and things have been work, working out. Um, uh, you he know, might be a little bit, you know, we, we, we've had, I mean, we've had ups and downs for sure, but we've learned how to work through things so we can live in alignment together through our, through our years. Um, Beautiful. but thank you. So, but because I'm not on your app and because I'm not on any dating apps, but I am familiar. I've seen them with, with my friends who are single or who, who have been divorced um, and got into fun that. drinking games. Exactly. All yep. the swipe. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. Oh my God. Oh my God. What do you think? No, 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 no. All the profiles that they've had to set up. So with your yeah. app and your program, once you've got them to fill this out, they're still uploading an image of themselves, right? They're still doing, and let, let's call it the traditional sort of uh, method of you upload an image, you write it, you have a thing, or you've got a, some sort of a profile. And is there yeah. then a series of people that they can then look at and go, oh, he or she looks right? So I'm leveraging, right. yeah. So the beauty of these apps, which seem really scary to people, mm-hmm. it, it just it's a gift. These apps that have already been built, Bumble has a hundred million users, for instance. It's, there's a series of apps that, um, that we leverage because there's no need to reinvent the wheel. What I do is help guide people through the process because it often can be very intimidating, very scary. We, it's hard for us to portray ourselves. And so I help them and then utilize the portals that we have, which are great, okay. um, which are Bumble and Hinge and Match.com. And okay. I kind of know which based on your age and based on who you are, where you live, uh, there are, you know, certain apps are better than others. So, so it's really guiding them through that. I, I didn't realize that you also uh, utilize what's already out there. Um, yeah. The farmers dating apps as well, I would imagine. <laughs> I've seen it. I don't know if you've seen it. <laughs> I mean, oh, I've seen it all. I've seen it all. Yeah. Um, so yeah. once you get to that point, I mean, then people, I guess, can navigate and they go, all right, wow. I never saw it. You're seeing it with fresh eyes almost, like looking at everything for the first time. Oh yeah, definitely. And I actually get, I, I will log in at the same time as they're logged in 
so they can see what I'm doing. I, I will help them swipe. I'll look at who they're swiping on. I'll chit chat maybe with some people so they can see the banter and how it works because that's oh. really intimidating for people. Like, how do I talk to people on these apps? It's weird. And it is yeah, yeah. weird. And so are I we talking? Well, are we talking about different age groups too? Because I would imagine in our age group, it would feel weird, especially if you're, you're, we're used to that more human interaction versus someone who's yeah. in their early 20s or the 20 to 30 yeah. age group. Yeah. So my clients are 25 to 75 and mainly women, some men. And it's interesting. The millennials, like, as you said, they know technology, but they cannot flirt. Yeah, they are so, they're, they're so used to technology. So they can't flirt. The, the banter is really hard for them. They're throwing up their resumes, you know? And so I'll log in as my millennials and I show them how to gently warmly connect with somebody in a very non-sexual, but very warm, you know, charming way. And, um, again, human connection, you, you know, with that expectation. And so they, they have all these aha moments like, oh my gosh, I don't have to like prove who I am. And I'm no, 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 no. It's not about that. Right. It's about connection I, and validation. I, you know, when you told me that, um, that you went with millennials didn't know how to flirt, I immediately went to not knowing how to flirt in person, face to face, how to sort of you know, pat or stroke or, you know, whatever kind of mm -hmm. flick your hair or wh whatever, you know, on a basic kind <laughs> the of hair flip. Yeah. To, you know, um, <laughs> I, it occurred to me that they were the ones who couldn't do the written flirting. Mm -hmm. I, I thought our age group mm -hmm. couldn't do the written. How, okay, that, that's interesting. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So really yeah. Them. And then my 40, 50 plus clients who I love because that's, that's our wheelhouse. You know, they just, the technology trips them up. And, but then once they get in person, of course, like, of course, that's how we grew up. It's, you yeah. know, that sort of like connection. So it's really fascinating, the difference, the differences. So what happens when, I'm curious to know more about the, the millennials. So when you're educating them or showing them, I guess, what's, can you give an example of some, like how you would say, hey, no, 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 it's not about pitching yourself. Yeah. How does yeah, that I mean, work? I, yeah, I had a client, um, I have so many examples, um, fantastic, fantastic woman, um, 29 years old, top of her game in her industry, finance industry, and had frozen her eggs. Most of them had frozen, have frozen their eggs and, and popped her head up and said, I have no idea how to do this. I'm a, I have one speed. I am a perfectionist. I am type A. I can hit this out of the park work-wise any day of the week, but I don't know how to change gears. I don't know how to soften. I don't know how to do this. And when I went in, she had been on the apps and I went in and analyzed and it literally was sort of a one-upping game. Like she might be in a business meeting. Well, well, I've, I've done that too. And I have an example to show you and let me share this story with you. And when I went in as her and started swiping and talking, it was a whole different shift. And she was just her mind was boggled because it was so much easier and it was, but you also have to be vulnerable. You also have to, again, peel off the mask yeah. and be vulnerable and soft. And it's, it's okay to do that. You know, millennials have been conditioned at like equals, we're all equals and we're all strong, which we are. And it's amazing. It also, you can also be soft. You can also be feminine and that's okay. And that's actually very strong. It's a very strong message. And um, so it's teaching them, it's getting them a little more comfortable with that. I was just curious, how do people have sex if they're not like, they're just starting out and they want to, they're really hitting it off and they can feel the attraction looking at each other face to face, but they're worried about COVID. What, what are you doing? Oh. So you, many of my clients are requiring 
each other to take COVID, rapid COVID tests. It's mm -hmm. sort of the new STD test. Wow. Okay. Well, that makes a lot you of know? sense. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure that everybody's safe and then go for it. Uh, so um, I know you had shared with me that, that throughout your own life, you've had a connection to spirit and, yeah. and it wasn't until you were older that you allowed yourself or gave your own self permission mm -hmm. to invite this into your life. Yeah. About this a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think that's true for all of us. I think all of us have some sort of, you know, intuition, some sort of like very special, you know, psychic ability, but just don't look at, don't see ourselves that way. And I remember when my grandfather died when I was 10 years old and I wasn't allowed to go to his funeral. And three months later in the middle of the night, he appeared just as I remembered him in his favorite chair and I can smell him right now. And, you know, I sort of drifted back to sleep. He had said, yeah, I'm okay. I just want you to know I'm okay. And I walked down for breakfast and my stepdad, his father, and he, um, I said, this is going to sound crazy, but Grandpa Joe came to me and, and he turned white and he said, well, he came to me too. And, and so oh. at, at that point, I thought, oh, wow, there's something else. This is, there's something more. And I, it's not, it's not as if a big, huge portal opened, but I was aware. I was just, it was the awareness that when I would feel certain things or just trusting, just trusting that hunch or trusting, yeah. right? And, um, and then I got a little bit more brave, you know, in the last couple of decades where it's sort of like I'm doing more research, I start to meditate, start to get in touch with just beyond the thinking into the being and anyone can do that. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it, 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 it starts to guide you. And then I would start to you know, sort of hear voices or realize that I have guides and talk to them and sort of ask for help in the most gentle of ways. And so it just sort of, you know, builds. And it, what a gift to be able to then now bring that into love, the aspect of love. Yeah. Because yeah. as you know, mm -hmm. we're all source, like we're all connected to that incredible loving energy. Yeah, absolutely. Awareness, right. So when you're working with CEOs and high level corporate people, it must be really amazing for them to be given the permission to step into that after holding yes. so much for so long, like, Oh, I've got to be this. Right. Yeah. It's really scary. It's really scary. And that's why I sort of require the, exploration of being in whatever way makes sense. Some people are really hesitant. Some people are open to meditation and beyond that. So there's reading to be done. There's, you know, classes, energy work, there's all kinds of um, things that they can do to tap into whatever that means for them. Um, yeah. You know, spirituality and, and being, um, you know, a, being in touch with your sort of higher self. And yes. um, so, so yeah, we, we do, we do a lot of exploration and, and it's stunning to people when they see the connection, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, like I'm choosing people or people are, I'm calling in people that yeah. are totally different than I would have expected. But oh my gosh, there is a connection. There is, we were supposed to be together. So once they get all the junk out of the way, like I, the masks and all the, you know, limiting beliefs that they have or like, you know, permission to love. Like <clears throat> if I had to say there's one common thread, it's like most people aren't fully giving themselves permission to love. Mm. And, you know, and it's, it, it comes from all the wounds from childhood and all the things we carry from past relationships. And so we kind of have to unpack that and sort of like clear the path. And then once they feel like they deserve love, then 
using meditation and all whatever tool makes sense for them um kind of just like getting in touch with who they are on a deeper level and then it's so magical my clients who aren't even they don't describe themselves as very spiritual will say i don't know what i don't know how to use words but it just feels like the energy shifted or it just feels like the light went on the light went on inside of me so whatever however they want to describe it is just fine with me <laughs> and i just want to let people know that you work with clients it's three months this is not like hey you pay me i'll set you up and then i'll, I'll help you do some stuff and then i won't see you again you actually you literally work with people for, for months yeah, so it's a exactly because it's a process as, as you yeah. can imagine and and um so it's a three-month engagement and um I work differently than a lot of coaches. A lot of coaches will say, okay, you know, it's a flat fee for three months and you get me four hours a month. And I'm not like that. I feel like what the quest for love requires an on-demand coach. Mm. I mean, you need me when you need me. And if you're having an epiphany, if, if you're having a mini crisis, if you're getting ready for a date and kind of spinning out, um, that's, that's where you, you need me. So I, I am very much intertwined with my clients. I'm so dedicated to them. We'll be sitting on a Saturday night and Brett will say, all right, who has a date? You're looking at your phone. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm like waiting for the report. Oh, that's cute. And, and so what happens when once you've worked, they filled everything out. Um, I read a, a somewhere that, that you help curate with photo shoots and so much style, uh, you know, feel, a vibe. How yeah. does that work? Yeah. Well, I'm really type A and picky about things. And so I actually take the photos myself if I can. I'm in New York City. I do have clients around the country and I have photographers and stylists all over the country that I can tap into. But I, it's, it's once I really tap into their energy and like we dance, we put on music, like, you know, I'm making I it authentic to them. So you're not styling yeah. a fake, like a photo right. shoot. You're not styling a magazine spread. You're really exactly. making it authentic to them. Yeah. Great. Exactly. If they're an animal person, then we have to have animals involved. If they're a nature person, we're out in nature. If they're, you know, super, um, whatever it is they I have, I have a client who loves making cocktails and like, and so we literally like we're surrounded by all different kinds of cocktails and she was making <laughs> one and we were taking it. So it's, it is, it's it, again, it's that true essence. And mm -hmm. so that, and I would say the most terrifying, if people had to rank out of this whole process, taking photos is probably one or two mm -hmm. people hate it. They, and so just making it fun is essential because you're not going to portray yourself authentically if you're terrified. Yeah, I, I remember a friend of ours, a male friend of ours many years ago was on Match.com and there was a girl who had a shot of herself in a swimsuit on the bonnet of a car, the hood of a car. And then he, <laughs> and this was in New York City and we were sort of joking, where did she have that photo taken? Who has a car and she's doing that in New York, you know? And this is in our 20s. And, um, and, mm -hmm. so, and he met her for a drink and uh, he was like, oh my God, she looks nothing like <laughs> the picture <laughs> it happens all the time it happens all the time yeah, no, I yeah. and also like and like i have some male clients and it's really interesting if you sit there in front of the app for five minutes you'll see the majority of guys either are holding a fish like a really big fish yeah or or they're like taking a gym selfie like yes uh, i'm seeing with my friend my girlfriends yeah <laughs> and it's like and I have these clients and I sit them down and I, and they're just like these poor little lambs. They just need a little help. And, and these poor men are like, Oh really? Oh, Oh, okay. It's like, yeah, just tell them what to do and they'll do it. It's not indicative of who they are, but like, you know, when I have my female clients are swiping, they're like, Oh gross, that's disgusting. And I have to train them. It's like, that's, 
not necessarily indicative of who they are. Oh, that's funny. And it's different when you're in a relationship that works and you've been in one for a long time and it still works. It's very mm -hmm. different to people who are different age groups, younger, who could go out during COVID and meet people socially in a more traditional manner or, or, or even <laughs> arrange to meet them, you know, on, on their phones, right, through a dating app and now can't. So that must be a whole <clears throat> new realm of, um, I guess, options or just scenarios that opened up for, for, through what you do, right? Yeah. So it's, you know, of course my business sort of came to a halt, like right when COVID hit, everybody was freaked out, understandably so. And then a couple months later, maybe end of May, June, people started to come back to me and, and yet COVID was in full force. And it was interesting because I heard the same thing over and over and over is, I know this is dangerous. I know we're in the middle of a pandemic. I have now reprioritized my entire life and I have an urgent need and want to connect with a soulmate because I just, it's not worth it to me to suffer through, through life alone. And I've been doing that. And so it's really interesting. People would like all over their social media, they'd be in masks and very careful. And then, on, and, and then they'd be dating up a storm, you know, behind closed doors. So the risk of getting sick was underplayed by the desire to connect. There's a um, fatigue going on um, with, you know, sort of solitary fatigue. And um, so I sort of break people up into three categories and I sort of figure out where they belong and then how to date in COVID. So they're either a, you know, COVID cop. Um, so COVID cop is, you know, they're so, so paranoid and they will not date face to face, but there's lots of different ways to date. There's COVID cautious where, yes, I wear a mask. Yes, I'll do a social distance walk. I might make out. We'll see. Maybe if we both get COVID tests beforehand. And, um, and then COVID conspirator and COVID conspirator is, I don't believe this is actually a thing. I'm over it. I don't care at all. Um, most people fall somewhere in the middle. Okay. And, and then they I, have to they match yeah. with a person who's of a similar mindset too. And that's one of, yeah. So even before you talk to someone on the phone, when you're bantering on the apps, you have, to, that's the conversation you have to have. Right. Okay. To see where you match up. Um, yeah. And a lot of people are putting it on their profile um, where they fall, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I've had several clients who found love during COVID and are going strong oh. and decided to move in together. And beautiful. so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's interesting, but there are some really amazing gifts that have come out of COVID. Yeah. Beautiful. And could you share some of those? Yeah. Well, I have a client, um, she's 32 years old and met right at the beginning of COVID when we weren't sure if it was a really a thing. And, um, a month later, they moved in together upstate New York. Um, they're almost engaged and, oh. you know, it's a really beautiful thing. They, and, and I helped coach her along the way, uh, to help build a, a really good foundation in this sort of strange time and strange situation. And, um, so stories like that of all ages. No, oh, beautiful. And are, are, is everybody that you're working with, your own clients, are they only using uh, app, other dating services, uh, profile services, or are they, obviously it's harder with COVID, you can't go outside and meet someone the traditional way in person. But yeah. before that, was that happening? And I mean, you, you can potentially be walking around the block the whole time and see the same people walking <laughs> their dogs. You know, in a rent doesn't happen all the time, but 
there are those moments, right? And you're like, maybe well, I'll reach out to that person now that I feel more secure in myself. Totally. Well, what happens is, which is really fun to watch, is once somebody's in touch with their spirituality and their being and, and their true essence, then the sky's the limit. Not only dating, but friendship-wise, family-wise, things mm -hmm. start to shift within their job. The light just is shining at, from inside out. And so all of a sudden, someone sets them up. All of a sudden, they run into an old boyfriend or girlfriend. And, and so that's the magic of kind of getting in touch with you know, your spirituality, because, you know, it all, all the magic starts to happen. Yeah. So. Amy, you've also had an amazing series of books. You're a best-selling author. You co-authored a series of four books um, that are really about challenging midlife phase, right? And, and those include, I was a really good mom before I had kids and I trade my husband <laughs> for a housekeeper amongst others. Um, and you also had this really uh, beautiful artisan uh, jewelry business too that empowered women, right? The Ash and Ames collection. Yes, yes, yes. The common thread, um, sort of a serial entrepreneur and the common thread is empowering women. So yeah. Uh, I love it. But these books are also still available on Amazon. I mean, they're, they're in continuous publication. They're, they're really, I mean, there's a reason they're, they're best-selling books and they give great yeah. advice. And can you just touch on each one really quickly? Because they're all different, but they all make sense to particularly our age group, you know, the sort of forties to fifties, but it doesn't, yeah. they're also relevant for the, for people in their thirties who are, are also parents. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, um, I was a really good mom before I had kids. Um, my co-author Trisha and I wrote um, when we had our kids were smaller. So that, that particular book is relevant for, you know, new moms as well. And, and um, we interview hundreds of women for each book. So it's not just our stories. It's the collective, you know, modern motherhood. That book was about why do we feel guilty all the time? Why are, why are our expectations out of whack? You know, what is different about this generation? Um, and then we wrote, um, I would trade my husband for a housekeeper. And that book um, kind of came out. Our audience said, please write more about the marriage after you have kids and how that shifts and how you have to bring the marriage back into focus and, and prioritize it. And, um, and then the latest one, um, just when you're comfortable in your own skin, it starts to sag. And that book is about wow, what is the roadmap at 40, 50, and, and beyond? What is our roadmap for reinventing ourselves? Because our moms just didn't have it to give to us. I, I actually wrote a book, I co-authored a book with a friend in Australia many years ago that's called Breastfeeding and Bottle Feeding, Real Moms Tell You How. And we interviewed a series of mothers because wow. not everyone struggles, right? Not, not everyone has oh. the breast. I had an, an abundance of milk and my friend didn't. And she was really really upset about that, but I'm not going to talk about me. That's, um, that's so, huge. That's a huge issue. Yeah. But these books are available on Amazon, right? And, uh, yeah. and, and every big major, major publication. Oh, I should say major bookseller. Um, <laughs> so this, I think these are really great because as I said earlier, they, they feel like to me, this natural path is evolution. It's like, it's gone full circle of talk, talk sharing the parenting phase of life the married phase of life. And interestingly, dating can be before babies or after babies and even after marriage. It doesn't, yeah. right? It's not limited to, to being in your 20s. Yeah, finding love, turns out everybody at every age wants to find love, so. <laughs> yeah, and how is it when someone's 75? Like, is that, is it totally different? It's amazing, it's amazing. I have, a, I've had a handful of clients that are between 70 and 75 years old and each one of them, can you imagine, I mean, for them to come to me, they must have this amazing open mind 
and imagination and they're able to evolve and they're just, they're, they're these beautiful beings. And so I've had the most fun with some of those clients who yeah. are just ready and, and to find love at that age and, and to really cherish life the way they cherish life. They cherish every hour of every day. And that's just such a lesson to learn and it's beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. And just one final question. Um, when you're working with people, do you call on your higher self? Do you call, do you do a practice or anything that settles you into this? Yes, yes absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I am a big I'm a TM meditator and um, I talk to my angels and spirit um, all, all, every day as much as I need. And I will, it's interesting when I am in another client's profile and I'm sort of swiping for them, I'm sort of tapping into their energy mm. and I'm asking for guidance. And so more often than not, I will swipe on somebody and not know why. And then my client will end up with that person and say like, I'm not exactly sure. I never would have swiped on this person and there's no real explanation for it. But so I do, when I can, I do sort of tap into my guides and, and help. Yeah, hence your nickname, the fairy godmother. <laughs> yes. I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. So is there anything else you might, you would like to share? <laughs> I think that's it. I mean, you know, it's just, everybody has the ability to tap into their higher selves and, you know, just encourage everybody to sort of take that time because we don't prioritize ourselves enough. So, well, if, anybody is interested and is currently flying solo and would love to be in a long-term beautiful committed partnership you can find amy at loveamy.co that's l-o-v-e-a-m-y.co c-o C -O. Exactly. Yes. okay great well thank you so much it's beautiful thank you tatiana so much it was such a wonderful privilege to be here with you Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Okay. You too. <laughs>